Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. Today we are covering a classic of the action genre and one of its main stars of the 90s, Steven Seagal. It's his 1990 film, Hard to Kill. Fantastic. It's directed by Bruce Malmuth, who directed Nighthawks, Sylvester Stallone, 1981. Yep, that's um, Sylvester Stallone dresses up as a woman in that. <laughs> Is that the one you were talking about? Yeah, he, uh, he dresses up and pretends to be a prostitute. So he can, <laughs> so in part of his crime prevention, he's a, he's a cop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He could easily pass as a woman, couldn't he, Stallone? Well, well you know, people still go for him. <laughs> it's, it's quite incredible. <laughs> I'll tell you something he's done. Bruce Malmuth. Uh, he was the ring announcer in The Karate Kid. Yes. And I remember you saying that you, you like that guy. I when, did. When we podcast The Karate Kid a while ago. I also, when we went off air, I remember saying to you, I wish he directed a Steven Seagal film. <laughs> so well, Imagine that. Imagine your surprise and delight when you found out he had gone on to do that. It's just everything I've ever dreamed of. <laughs> Apparently, him and uh, Seagal didn't get on on set. Oh, yeah. Well, there's quite a lot of that with Seagal, though, isn't <laughs> yeah. there? I don't know if people do get on with him. This is Seagal's second film after Above the Law, or Nico, as it's known. Nico Toscani. And he plays, it's a great character name, he plays Mason Storm. You've got to have a great name. i tell you what else. It's the first Seagal film that the ponytail appears it in. It is, yeah. Because he, he doesn't have it, does he, in uh, I was a Above bit disappointed in that one, actually, because he didn't have a ponytail, because I'd only ever known him with a ponytail. Yeah. Similar to when you see Chuck Norris without a beard. You just think, <laughs> oh, how disappointing. <laughs> I used to play a game with my friend about Chuck Norris. We used to bet five pence uh, the first time you see him in any of his films. Beard, moustache, clean shaven, 5p. I always let him choose. That was it. That was the game. Because a, a lot of the times you see it's it's in the past, isn't it? And then it's like uh, it's like ten years later, and then he's got a beard. So it's just the first time you see Chuck Norris. Yeah, it's more difficult to play with Steven Seagal because you know I think he's only ponytailed about four films. So. What was your first Seagal film that you saw? Out for Justice. Oh yeah, brilliant film. Yeah, I, I mean, went, um, I got told to go and watch Marked for Death, uh, so I went to the video shop to try and buy it or rent it. Sorry. And um, I wasn't 18 at the time, so I was waiting for everyone to leave. And I took Mark for death up to the counter. And he went in the back. And uh, he came back and just said, no, I haven't got that one. Who, Seagal? <laughs> no, no, oddly <laughs> enough. He wasn't. He didn't work in my local shop, no. Um, Billy, his name was. He, he went in the back and came back and said, that one's out. What about this one? It's got the same guy in it. <laughs> so I thought, I'll take it. Yeah. Because that was an 18 as well. So I took it home. And uh, absolutely amazing film. Yeah, this uh, this was um, filmed on a eleven and a half million dollar budget and made fifty nine million at the box office. Not bad for a second film. That's no, not bad at all. No, he yeah, I say that but his like sort of run of sort of first three or four films like, just, just he really superb. did. Yeah, he hit the ground running, didn't he? Yeah, and then he got to sort of under siege, 
and that was like his like big box office one, wasn't it? Yeah, saw that at the cinema. We'll do a series of of where we cover just action heroes and their filmographies. Where we'll, we'll do a t- uh, two or three films per episode, uh, but we're going to do this one as a uh, as standalone. And uh, let's crack on and get into it. Steven Seagal is Mason Storm, a cop working undercover until his cover was blown. Whoever that is, I don't want him to get an hour older. They thought they'd seen the last of him. But Mason Storm is hard to kill. Mason! Now... He's toast, you understand? The climate is right. We'll get him, buddy. For revenge. Every one of them. Think you better dial 911. Mason Storm is about to hit back. That wasn't the time. Now is the time. We are going to put an end to violence, and you can take that to the bank. Steven Seagal is hard to kill. Take that to the bank. Okay, so the film opens. He's at a, a warehouse or some docks or something. He's, a, he's down at the docks, yeah. And he's talking to himself, so we can all uh, get the storyline. Yeah, he's missing the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that got mentioned too many times, doesn't it? it? Yeah. It's it's really, really just overly overkill on mentioning that it's the Oscars. It's weird, isn't it? Cause I don't he... know why. I think it's because it says it's 1983, isn't it? I think so. Uh, and he's, I don't know. I don't know what relevance there is to the Oscars. No. None, no. it would seem. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought so either. It should be said that... Um, it, Whenever we talk about uh, Steven Seagal and his films, we will be referencing a book that you had bought me. Yes, yeah. Um, a fantastic book as well. It's called, and I, anyone who's a Steven Seagal fan, I recommend you get this book because it's superb. It's called Seagalology, A Study of the Ass-Kicking Films of Steven Seagal by Verne. Yeah, brilliant book. Yeah, and it is literally... <laughs> every chapter is dedicated to a single film of, of Seagal's and it's broken down. Uh, very similar to what we do in this podcast, and uh, we will be using that as a reference. But uh, we'll we'll pop a link in the uh, description of this podcast to link it where you can get it in Amazon. Yeah, very very good book. Definitely worth it. He also does one like for Bruce Willis. It I is believe Bruce Willis as well. Yeah. So yeah, he's missing the Oscars. Um, he's got a, a massive camera. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? It's <laughs> bigger than a sniper's rifle. This camera. It's, it's like when you you see the uh, news anchor being filmed on location. It's like one of those. It's a massive news camera with little pointy microphones. I was going to say the microphone <laughs> reaches out further than the lens. <laughs> yeah, it actually uh, nudges one of the guys in the back when uh, <laughs> when he's listening in. <laughs> it doesn't do that. It's not quite that long. Yeah, big suit, big camera. That's the the note I've made here. Yeah. He's uh, just watching him uh, get it out the back of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just set some lights up as well. He's got a whole thing. Got a boom operator with him, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he's basically videoing a, a meeting. That there's no faces. It's a uh, it's a shady. Oh, very much so. Yes, it looks mafiosos on one side, and then a guy in a in a hat on the other. He looks like a, a sort of private eye investigator. Yeah, he does actually, yeah. 
and the 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 the, uh, the guy in the hat facing away from us, he wants Senator Caldwell. He wants him dead. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> what what a setup. They're talking about money. You know, it's going to cost a lot of money to get this done. And uh, the, the the shadowy guy says, uh, he, he, what he says every time he's in scene, which is, you can take that to the bank. You know, murder is a very serious business, my friend. And an expensive one. You're going to be very well compensated, Mr. Calabresi. Money now and a lot more when I get in that office. And you can take that to the bank. Slowly, slowly. Who are you? Get out of the shadows. Yeah, who would have thought that a fondness for a phrase like that would come back to haunt you so many years later? But it does. Apparently, Senator Caldwell's going on a, a plane journey somewhere, and uh, or a flight is probably a better way of saying it, <laughs> not like a children's <laughs> book. <laughs> and um, he, he wants him to, uh, when he sets off, he doesn't want him to land. He wants him dead. Oh, dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a better way of saying it as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Skirting around the whole thing. <laughs> Just in case Seagal's listening with his camera. <laughs> with his enormous <laughs> zoom. Uh, Seagal ends up making a noise, um, and he alerts the group, but he does end. Yeah, we, we get a classic what the <laughs> moment where he actually says that. He, he turns around anyway, and we get to see his face, and uh, he's quite clearly a criminal. It's um, quite clearly William Sadler. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah. From Die Hard 2. William Sadler's great. He just looks evil. He just looks like a bad guy. He's got the perfect bad guy's face. Yeah, and this is where we get our first sign of the Seagal run. Yeah. Very briefly, but it's it's noticeable. Yeah, yeah, he's got a bit of a floppy hand, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's his, uh, when he's training to get back to, to his vest <laughs> and he's running up the hill. <laughs> yeah. That, that. <laughs> and he turns. <laughs> More on that later. Yes, please. He ends up ringing. God, there's a lot of payphone conversations in this film. Remember that when you used to go on, on a payphone to yeah. speak to anyone? It was the 90s. Early 90s, yeah. That's what we had to do. We had to remember things back then. <laughs> had to remember phone numbers. Remember your own phone number. You don't even know mine now. You don't know any phone numbers anymore. No. Still remember my house phone number, yeah, though. Yeah, I do, where yeah. I used to live, yeah. yeah. I wonder who lives there now. I might ring them up and find <laughs> out. <laughs> Come on, storm on three. Thanks, Max. You should turn that Axel, pick up line three. What are you, throwing away dimes now? Listen, this doesn't go out over the air, pal, for yours only. What's going down? Galabrese got his ass on candy camera tonight. You're full of shit. Nope. Him and his pet cockroach Valerio got them both on film and audio laying out of here. Two other guys were in there. I couldn't quite make them up, but I think they'll come up on the film. I think this is the big one, Carlito. Got our own little Academy Award here, and uh, I think it's going to be good. You ready? Shoot. And um, I think they mentioned the Oscars again. They do mention yeah. the Oscars yeah, again. Ridiculous. <laughs> Vern actually goes into detail on the results of the Oscars. Yeah, he lets us know who won. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Gandhi won eight. No, I think it was Gandhi. Yeah, nineteen eighty-three. <laughs> won eight Oscars. <laughs> um, as he's telling his partner what he's seen, um, there's crooked cops listening on the line. Yeah, who again look obviously crooked. Yeah, all of them. They're all just sitting around, just you know. I don't know why he's the only one who's not in the office. Yeah, there's a lot of that in uh, in Seagal, isn't there? Crooked cops. Well, obviously, yeah. The whole thing's corruption. <laughs> Every film he's ever done's got corruption. In it. <laughs> uh, we cut to the liquor store, and this is our first action sequence. This is what I love about Seagal: first action sequence, four minutes into the film, or whatever it is, five minutes. And th- these 
these films, right? Not once would I ever think of going to a convenience store at night in America, anywhere in America, because wherever these films are set, that's when robberies are going to take place. Yeah. And um, usually violent armed robberies. And unless you've got Seagal happening to just like be perusing the shelves, um, it's going to end badly. No, actually, even if you've got Seagal, yeah. because it does end badly, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Especially if it was if it, me and you were in there and Seagal, you know it's not Seagal that's going to be shot. <laughs> it's going to be us. Anyway, Seagal, he disappears off to have a look around and uh, in steps some ruffians with a shotgun. You better dial 911. No, you don't want to call 911. Holy shit. Yeah, as I say, our first fight scene, the clerk gets killed. Well, that's because he gets a baseball bat out <laughs> against a shotgun. Yeah. It's close, isn't it? It's a close one. Who's going to win? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not the baseball bat. Yeah, six minutes in, it's four on one. I don't like their odds. Oh. You do. You actually do get to see the uh, the shop owner uh, just get blasted to death as well, and he shoots backwards into his own shelving. And, uh, yeah, it's unnecessary to see it, but... Brilliant. Yeah. He <laughs> was a bit mousy, though, you know. Yeah. That's I a... wouldn't be, I don't think, to a, a four-gang no, with a shotgun. With a shotgun in my face, no. <laughs> no I, mean, I probably know. wouldn't be talking shit to him. I mean, all your money's <laughs> insured in those places anyway, so why, why why get killed? Yeah, seems odd. Seems an odd decision. And this is where we see Seagal at his best. You know, this is Seagal in prime fighting. It's not like the later films where he's sitting down <laughs> as people just sort of fly about around him. He's 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 going in and he's he's taking people out and, uh, and violently. Yeah, what's what's his um, aikido? Aikido. Yeah, that's all sort of using your own momentum, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's joints, joint locks, and wrists, and all, all all kinds of bone breaking things. Yeah, when Twi- you get twisting where it shouldn't twist, and uh, yeah, in the end you either go over to relieve it or you just snap yes <laughs> for want of a better way to describe it when he gets down to the last guy he, he throws away his gun yeah he gets down on his knees yeah he's a bit cocky isn't he i'm gonna cut your fucking heart out yeah well come and cut my heart out okay come and cut my heart out oh i know what you're thinking mine's bigger than yours right it's not fair throw it away how about if I show you what it's like to be a victim like this guy? Huh? Come on. You're fucking dead, man! Ah, it's still not fair, that's right. Okay, how about this? I'll get down on my knees. Is this any better? What the hell's going on? <laughs> Just beating up three of his mates. Shotgun's no use anymore. You know, I don't know. I wouldn't trust him. No. <laughs> there's got to be something wrong with this guy. If he's going to get down on his knees in front of you, put a gun down, and then tell you to come and cut his heart out, He's, he's nearly the same height as this guy, even yeah, on his yeah, knees. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big guy, isn't he, Seagal? And uh, yeah, he ends up flooring him and, and just snapping his ankle. <laughs> yeah, just twists his ankle clean out. It's just either his knee or his ankle. I don't know what it is, but Jesus. <laughs> I love how it immediately sort of ends and it cuts to him just having a laugh with the cops outside. And then there's some sort of like light jazz playing. Come and get some. Come and get some. <laughs> Looks like you won the Oscar tonight, Storm. Coming up. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, they mentioned uh, the Oscars again <laughs> by the, the cops outside. 
Yeah, I, th- I think Vern actually does go into more detail about what music's playing. Yeah. And he says in the script it specified that exact song. Yeah. <laughs> Which is unusual. But, you know, there's lots of unusual things in Seagal films. That's what I love about Seagal films. There's, these, there's millions of these little add-ons that you know for a fact Seagal asked to be inserted into the film. Um, he ends up going home. Uh, he brings the champagne to his house and, and we meet his son called Sonny and his wife called Wifey. <laughs> no, his wife is not called that. I can't remember what her name is, actually. Doesn't matter, really. No, it doesn't really doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, he, he hides the tape, doesn't he, uh, that he's just recorded. She comes in, says, what are you doing? Raiding the icebox. And then he says, I gave up my diet for Lent. Bloody hell, did he ever. <laughs> <laughs> the size that he got to in the end. Come on, Stephen. Dill. You know, it's all paid for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just made me think. <laughs> I thought, yeah, yeah, you did, didn't you? What a long Lent. Yeah, we see there's a little bit of a uh, family time with his son. Not as much as in the first film. You don't see much of his uh, his family life like you do in the first one. But uh, there's no time for any of that. Yeah, you see, this is very uh, stripped down. Yeah. Moves at a fast pace. They do. They do their prayers, don't they? You get through their prayers just to show them that they're all a, a good, good uh, God fearing family. Yeah, he's Christian, isn't he? In this one, no, no sort of Buddhist leanings in in this film. Although he does have the uh, the later Chinese themed house. Of course he does. <laughs> Like I tell you what, as well, he takes his jacket off and goes upstairs. He's wearing a waistcoat. And yeah. a shirt. Why is he dressed up like he's going to go and play snooker or something? No, he's, he's dressed up like he's going to. He's, do... he's going out for a meal, or he's going to the Oscars. He's dressed up like he's going to do a fucking swashbuckling film. He's got like a fucking <laughs> blouse on. Why is he? Why is he wearing that anyway? He's just staking out the docks. Why don't he just wear all black or something? He's just like you know, he's trying to blend into the background, not not serving in a restaurant. And he's got like a white polka dot. Uh, waistcoat on that he wears that he wears later at the end of the film as well he loves that (laughs) fucking waistcoat he's kept it on for seven years (laughs) he gets a little toy for his kid as well which is nice and uh, he ends up going and just having sex with the mom (laughs) yeah yeah she says i'm not scared of you and he says well you should be which is a bit weird thing to say that is weird isn't it yeah (laughs) some ski mask wearing thugs turn up to the house and uh it's uh Yeah, this is why we're having a sex scene. You know, just getting in the way here, guys. Yeah, they break and it's a brutal uh, death scene for the wife. Yeah, they they, they snap on a, a pair of little rubber gloves and uh, that's enough to alert Mason Storm that something's going on. This has got to be one of the only films where Seagal gets beaten at the beginning there because he, he doesn't save his wife. He no. doesn't save the senator. No, uh, his his wife. Yeah, she gets a shotgun blast straight into the chest. Yeah, point blank yeah, while that, she's in the bed screaming. That's nasty as well, yeah. And it doesn't save himself because Segal just gets, he gets, gets shot. shot as well, yeah. Yeah. And then it ends up with, I like the no that he does when his wife gets shot. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> towards camera. Sweet dream. He did one of those in uh, Nico, Above the Law as well. He, he loves it. Yeah. I love it. I love seeing it in films where people just shout no for longer than the word 
lasts. <laughs> his kid uh, ends up jumping out the window and later we find manages to find his way to O'Malley's house. Yeah, God knows where he lives. Um, and then they just start planting cocaine. It was like, put it on the nightstand, put it in the, in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you'd have it everywhere, wouldn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you were a dirty cop, you'd be leaving cocaine everywhere. Meanwhile, at Becker's house, which is his partner that he rang, he's watching the Oscars. Of course he is. <laughs> What is this? Why are they so fucking adamant on watching the Oscars? It's just so we can jump ahead seven years and we all know that that was, it was legitimate. It was legitimately 83. The last thing that Becker ever saw was that Gandhi won best film in the Oscars because uh, he's sitting on, he's watching a little portable telly in his house and uh, someone just turns up outside of his patio doors and just shoots him with a shotgun and kills him instantly. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Well, it's yeah. a shame he did absolutely nothing with the information he was given. No. <laughs> and then he just dies. We we cut to the hospital and we see Assemblyman Trent, mm. who, it, as it turns out, is the shadowy figure who's asking for the death of the yeah. senator. It's William Sadler, isn't it? Yeah. He's getting choked up, just recalling how he knows Mason Storm. Assemblyman Trent, when did you first meet Mason Storm? I've known... Mason Storm from when I was a... Jesus Christ. City attorney, and uh, he was a young homicide detective. We worked together on several... Uh, sir, I'm sorry, have uh, you checked with the court? We worked on several cases. I'm sorry, I... I'm sorry. Assemblyman Trent. Assemblyman Vernon Trent, obviously very distraught over the loss of an officer that he knew. And um, <laughs> I like, this is where we get our first um, little background of how hardcore the Steven Seagal character is. Yeah. It's in every film. And uh, there's a one of the crooked cops standing there and he said, they always said Storm was superhuman. He was jacked up on coke the whole time. Imagine that. Imagine having your uh, legacy just taken away from you like that. That's that's what people are thinking because of the incredibly well planted cocaine. <laughs> there's still there's there's literally a block of cocaine just balanced on his head as he's moved through the hospital, just to make sure we all know. And um, O'Malley, he's there and he's not having any of this. O'Malley, I thought looked a little bit like Van Damme in this scene. In this opening scene, when he was yes, young. he does. He looks like an older version of yeah, Van Damme, doesn't but he? he? Could have played his dad. Van Dad. Um, he goes over to. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> he goes over to uh, the guy that said that and throws him against the wall. Yeah, he he's says, also a big fella, isn't he, O'Malley? <laughs> yeah. And he says, "Let me tell you something, brother." He's not Hulk Hogan. He says, "Let me tell you something. That was the cleanest man I've ever known." <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he not say cop? No. He says cleanest man. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> You know, they always said Stone was superhuman. You know why? He was jacked up on coke the whole time. I'll tell you something. That was the cleanest man I ever knew. He had more honor and guts than this whole department put together. If I ever hear you talk that puke again, I'll lose my shield to put you where you belong. Seagal loves, he loves that sort of uh, uh, characters talking about him in that kind of way. <laughs> There's that, like, so all the other cops... <laughs> Yes. More better than all of them. Put together. Put together. Yeah. Jesus. What a guy. He's also got a really impressive package. <laughs> Which is what we find out later. Yeah, we're not dealing with that now. I don't like dealing with it later, so we'll put it off <laughs> as long as we can. Um, 
Yeah, he says he's also the most unstoppable son of a bitch I ever knew. <laughs> yeah, and the other guy says, well, he got stopped tonight. Because uh, that guy apologises, doesn't he, to O'Malley? Yeah. They find out that Storm's dead. Some guy comes out and says he's died, the, the, the policeman. Um, so much for being hard to kill, right? What Ooh. are they going to do for the rest of the film? Yeah, but we'll find out. I think we're only about 15 minutes in, aren't we? Yeah, and the uh, the the cop says, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry to uh, about your loss of uh, Mason Storm." And uh, another doctor comes in and says, "Oh, hang on a minute." Yeah, are you with the police? He says, "Yeah, doc. What have you got? I got a live cop. Is what I got." He tells the doctors that no one else can learn that Mason Storm is still alive, which is, I don't know, a bit weird, really, isn't it? Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> the doctors actually. Yeah, he says, that. "All right then." Yeah, there's a very touching moment where he goes over and holds his hand and says, I'm in your corner. He never did get to watch the Oscars. That's the real tragedy yeah, of it all. It is. Although his partner did get to watch the Oscars, and he got shot instantly. And you can take that to the bank. I know I the governor today appointed dashing L.A. Assemblyman Vernon Trent for the Senate seat vacated by the tragic death of Senator Caldwell. to the bank. Your support fuels my efforts and inspires me to work even harder. I will not tolerate crime in this state. And you can take that to the bank. Cut to the newspaper, and there's a voiceover telling us that the Senate has been killed in a plane crash. Yeah, that's a shocker. Seven years later appears on the screen and tells us where we are. Mm -hmm. Tells us that we're in 1990 now. So before, it was a period piece. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and now it's Segal. He's rocking a full beard. It kind of looks like William Shakespeare. Yeah, it looks like Rasputin. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> he's got his hair down. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's why he has to have a ponytail. Yeah, I was watched the film. Um, was it uh, Joe Lara? Was in Hologram Man, <laughs> and um, his his hair ponytail looks looks all right. Hair down looks all right. Segal ponytail, yes. Down, no. No, not at all. (laughs) That's how that one works, you see. He needs a ponytail gelled to within an inch of its life. Yeah, yeah, Um, that's got to be pulled back so tight. This is... His eyes hurt. Free-flowing and spread across the pillow like he's a a female waiting (laughs) to be kissed by a prince. (laughs) Yeah, like some sort of mermaid. (laughs) Yeah, he really does. He does not just know. No, Stephen. And a beard with... There's no hair on the cheeks, but it's growing quite long at the front. <laughs> he does. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> he does look ridiculous. <laughs> Speaking of ridiculous, Kelly LeBrock, she turns up. She was his wife at the time and had retired from acting, came, came out of retirement to do this for... Thank goodness. Seagal as a favour. always remember Kelly LeBrock from Weird Science. Mm. I think that's the one everyone remembers her from, really. Oh, yes. Yeah. If you're, a... you're going to remember Kelly LeBrock, that's, <laughs> that's not a bad one. Yeah, I like her friend Martha, who's saying that your boyfriend uh, turned his head today. And she said, oh, really? And uh, Martha says, I thought he was going to sit up. I almost shit. Yeah, I've got that written down. <laughs> I'm glad you cleared it up, because I haven't actually got who said it written yeah. down. I've, I've got, um, seven years later, beard, Kelly LeBrock, I almost shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank, I was going to say, that surely that wasn't her saying that. Thankfully, no, it wasn't. Uh, Kelly LeBrock has got to be the worst nurse. Yeah, she's not overly professional, is she? <laughs> she's got to be. <laughs> yeah, if this was if this was Seagal as the nurse, 
That would be a weird one. Nurse. And that's Seagal. Something seven foot. <laughs> if Seagal was the nurse and Kelly LaRock was the patient and yeah, he did he, any he of this shit. He would be struck off immediately. She's, uh, she's got a surprise for him. Um, yeah, she calls him JD for the John Doe reference. Yeah. Um, and she, she says, would you like a little pussy, JD? Yeah. It's <laughs> weird, isn't it? I mean, there she is. Very beautiful woman. But what? It wouldn't work the other way if he says, would you like a little cock or something? <laughs> and he's got a small... He's got a baby chicken. A small hen. <laughs> yeah, well, it turns out she's got a little kitten. That, that's what she means. So that, that explains I it. I hate that. Why the hell is that in the... Well, I, not I, as much as I hate the next thing. Honestly, but... her, her lines are ridiculous. Her, her dialogue is just shocking. Yeah. You, you can't imagine you'd be allowed to just put... Animals on yeah, just, patients. <laughs> just put them on there on, on, the, on his head. Yeah, just put them on his shoulder. <laughs> there you go. Look, not even a. I mean, he can't even appreciate that. He's in a coma. So what's the point? I mean, she does. I mean, it would be funny, I suppose, if she took photographs of him with a cat on his head. But she doesn't. He doesn't know it's there. Imagine family the cat doesn't know what's going on. Imagine family members turn up to the ward and there's loads of pictures of their relatives with. Different things on their head. Well, it's better than some of the photos she could be taking. <laughs> yeah. From the next bit of dialogue. Yeah, because she looks at his package. Yeah, she lifts the sheet up and just just looks at his genitals. Because besides, you've got so much to live for. Yeah, I hate this bit. And then she says, "Police, wake up." Yeah. In a weird, weird accent. Yeah, police. <laughs> she sounds like very deep as well. Yeah. D- deeper than us. I hate <laughs> that. Is one of my the worst lines delivered in a Seagal film, not by Seagal. Yeah, I was going to say, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having that. Yeah. So imagine anyway, if Seagal so, did yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if he just. I mean, why has he not got any clothes on under there, <laughs> under his bed clothes? Because it's Nurse LeBrock in the house. <laughs> yeah, imagine now if he did, yeah, and just just lifted her sheet up and just went, <laughs> yeah, like Eddie Hill, like Rick Mail from Bottom. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking to you today and tomorrow and the day after till you respond. Besides, you've got so much to live for. Please wake up. Uh, it works, though, because Mason Storm wakes up. What, what happens with that kitten? Where does that go? Does she just fuck off with it? She just picks it up again and walks off? Where's that going for the rest of the shift? She's just got it, yeah? She's just started the shift. Where's she put that kitten? Because things happen now, and that kitten's just loose in the coma ward. I think it falls down the back <laughs> with the rest of the kittens. It's tangled up in his hair. <laughs> yeah. Still there today, some would say. He does the Undertaker. Although, although his hair's not. He does the Undertaker eye roll. Oh, yeah, very point. good. Very good at that as well, actually. Now, I'm not a doctor, Ken. I don't know if you knew this about me. Mm-hmm. Is this accurate on how patients wake up? Oh, yes, very much so. To guitar music and synths? And yeah. Um, with lots of shaking. Lo- lots of flashbacks. <laughs> lots of like, voiceovers in your head and stuff. And yeah, I know. I think, I think that's exactly how it happens. Yeah, I think it it's seems realistic. It's a lot realistic. easier than just, just, uh, just opening your eyes a little bit. Yeah, uh, Kelly LeBrock finds finds this out and heads straight to make a phone call, and uh, she rings Hank from Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he was in this until I watched it again. With hair, what well, sort of? Yeah, it's not very good, is it? Doesn't look very good with hair. Uh, she asks for O'Malley, and uh, O'Malley's done such a good job for the rest of the. F- you know, everything else has been covered up. You know, he's 
he, he arranged fake funerals for the family and he he took in the son as his own all these years. What he didn't do was leave a forwarding address because <laughs> she rings the police who say, oh, he doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> so it's like, brilliant. Yeah, well, that's that plan gone, isn't it? <laughs> the one time, like he was supposed to be the contact for as soon as he woke up so it didn't get out, didn't get out and uh, no, he forgot to do that anyway. So it, the crooked cops are immediately alerted to the fact that because they all Storm, do still work there, yeah, they've not progressed at all, have they? No, no. Amali has he's gone, he's out of there. But the rest of them is still in the same office, just all sat there again. Well, when you're getting handoffs from William Sadler, you wouldn't want to. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. <laughs> what year is it? Says uh, Stephen Seagal. <laughs> I love the acting in this bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, see, I think he sees George Bush, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, on the senior. TV. Yeah, he's, it's all, all all kinds of uh, things that just confuse the hell out of him. Yeah, there's all of that in this, isn't there? Of him like fish out of water. I can't believe how much the world's changed. Yeah, uh, apparently he's the first patient ever to wake up after such a long time in a coma. He's going to be famous me on the news. <laughs> Well, let's hope not. You're going to be on the news, John, says uh, Kayla Brockle, who's still, still thinking his name is John Doe. Yeah. <laughs> and he instantly, he gets his wits uh, fully back, and he says, we need to leave. There's going to be people after him, and Kelly tells him to shut up or calm down or whatever nurses say to patients. <laughs> well, she could say anything, couldn't she? She brought a bloody kitten in and stuck it on his head. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, Daniel the therapist is there though. He's a professional to the end. We get the. Uh, I tell you what, these these uh, guys are on the ball. I don't know how far away the hospital is. I mean, it must be next door or something because because <laughs> yeah, they're there straight away, aren't they? Yeah, they've got a dodgy doctor with an even dodgier mullet going on. I mean, yeah, he's immediately disguised as a doctor as well. So he's like, I don't know where he got that from on his way from the the uh, police station. He gets a whole list of patients simply for wearing a lab coat. Mm. He walks up and says, can I have the list of all the patients? And she's like, yes, doctor. <laughs> yeah, well, that happens. And then he does something stupid, like just picks a flower up off, off out of a vase on her desk and gives it to her. It's like taking her pen off her she's writing with at yeah, the time. Yeah, just hand it to her and say, here, try this. It's just a bit weird. I just thought that was just pointless. It's a pointless thing. Yeah, is that alert the guard? He's like, who is that? Well, yeah, because it's unnecessary, isn't it? It's kind of like unusual. Oh, it's a fake plant and the water's fake, so when he takes it out, it all comes out. They all out. come out, yeah, <laughs> or, the, or the whole thing just lifts off the desk and then he <laughs> drops it on the floor, which is like, oh, shit. Coma research, please. Excuse me, can I see your list of patients in your coma care unit? Oh, yes, doctor. Morning, Sherry. Morning. How you doing? Good. Thank you. You know that doctor? No. So, guy was getting a massage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not from LeBrock either. It's from Daniel, the therapist. <laughs> he's sort of face down saying, no, please. And he's just getting a massage against his will. Yeah, you get forced into having a massage. <laughs> Hard to massage, this should, should have been called. Yeah. This particular scene, yeah. Relatively easy to massage, as it turns out. <laughs> he offers in some pie, doesn't he, Daniel? <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah. 
You've got some pie in <laughs> the fridge. He's a nice guy, isn't he? <laughs> yes. That's um, probably above and beyond what he has to do for his job as well as a therapist. He hasn't got to offer pie. Yeah, some lemon pie or whatever the but hell he, he does. Says. Yeah, and um, the doctor kills the, the guard. He's got a gun behind his back and says, can I see your ID? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, you can't be too careful nowadays. And ends up shooting him. He just shoots him, proving the point that you can't be too careful. And he wasn't very careful at all. The uh, the guard falls into the hallway and he uses him as a distraction for Daniel. Calls Daniel over, asks him to help him. And uh, unfortunately, Daniel, nice, nice guy, Daniel. The last thing he ever did was massage Stephen Seagal's back. What a memory. What a dying memory. Because <laughs> <laughs> he gets killed as well by the doctor. Yep. Seagal manages to escape, totally bedridden. He's, he's looking for that pie, isn't he? Because he never did, never got it. No. Because Daniel selfishly got killed before he actually finished the pie thing. He escapes totally bedridden, just using a mop to navigate yeah. the lifts. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's the most unstoppable son of a bitch I ever knew. <laughs> now, Seagal wears some crazy stuff later on, you know, in his films and things. Is this the only time you ever see him in pyjamas? Um, he's in them for quite a lot of the film. I think it's, that's the only time I've ever seen him in pyjamas. Yeah. <laughs> what about that time you broke into his house? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that was different. Feel up to it. I'll get you some lemon chiffon pie out of the freezer, okay? God damn it. Don't worry, man. I'm going to take good care of you. If you want, later on, I'll hook you up with some pizza. You just got to learn how to relax. Orderly! Orderly! Huh? Give me a little help. What? Give me some help down here! All right. What's he doing down there? Hey! What's wrong? Russ! Russ! What happened? Doc! He's dead. We just see Kelly's just wandering about doing some admin. <laughs> it's yeah. quite a nice day, to be honest. Yeah, good, carrying some toilet rolls and stuff, doing the doing the normal job. She hasn't got a kitten. She's not messing about. She's not looking at dicks. Yeah, nearly gets killed by the doctor as well. He he aims at her, but she turns into another room. She finds the dead bodies um, of uh, poor Daniel and the guard, and uh, there's high drama, a, a lot of lift uh, opening and closing just in time. Yeah, it is, it's it's very tense. Until the door closes, and then you're just watching Seagal watch the numbers go up and down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a bit of a lull. And uh, the lift opens eventually, and Kelly LeBrock's in there with him, and she she helps him escape to the outside. Pushing him now in, in the bed. The bed on wheels. She just runs into everything she possibly could. And uh, she she's just shit. He's, in, he's been unconscious for seven years and this is how she's treating him. <laughs> the bad guy runs into a janitor who's mopping the floor. Yeah. And ends up... Uh, does, does he kill him? He, he just punches him out. Just punches just, him just out, knocks yeah. him out, clean out. <laughs> Again, it's unnecessary. <laughs> They get in the car and, and they drive off. They, they cut to um, one of her friend's house that she's house-sitting for. So some nice doctor. He's gone over to China to, to train or whatever. And uh, she uh, he's left her this house and it's all Chinese-inspired. Uh, yeah, it's very nice, isn't it? Luckily for Seagal. I think only Seagal would include that in his film. Yeah, it's, it's unnecessary, isn't it? It's <laughs> just like a, just a pointless extra. You know, it doesn't have to be anything like it, but, you know... Why not? We get another, you know, he's just watching TV, confused by everything he's watching. He's watching uh, Geraldo. And he says it, doesn't he, like that? Yeah. Like, just just a little nod to let you know that he knows Spanish. Yeah, because he, he, he likes to do accents, doesn't he? He <laughs> likes to do uh, what he believes to be authentic. 
uh, accents when he takes on. What is it? He, he does a lot of uh, ebonics, doesn't he? Yeah. When it comes to uh, his later films, where he, I don't know, he seems to pretend to be a black man a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not in this one, though, but uh, yeah, he, he throws that one in there for you. Well, at the start of the film, he kind of sounds like he's leaning towards Italian american it's, it's, it's like when he does uh nico isn't it in uh, above the law yeah where he, he does the very italian well i think and then in um out for justice where he's uh he's from the bronx yeah yeah fantastic <laughs> i think he, he starts doing that in this film and then just packs it in after he's come out of his coma <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's forgotten how to do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time <laughs> We see on the TV they're talking about the crooked cop Mason Storm who's escaped. Obviously, everyone still thinks he's a drug dealer or whatever. Still lots of cocaine around somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Seagal thinks a good idea would be to ring the TV show host who's talking about it. And uh, the TV show host just believes everything that he says and he just announces it live on TV. Yeah, quite right too. <laughs> that could be literally anyone making that phone call. No, it wouldn't be. Not back then. There was no prank calls back then. <laughs> um, we get a nice light-hearted scene where they laugh at Seagal's beard together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, she's responsible for that as well. The idiot. Kelly LeBrock. She gave him that beard. She gives it... Oh, God. He gives her a list of um, Chinese herbs and needles <laughs> <laughs> he needs for his recovery. Yeah. Written in Chinese. <laughs> Yeah, what a complex character this Mason Storm is. I love so Seagal. Many things, so many things he knows. You can tell Seagal just added that himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hugely unnecessary. We get our, our backstory of uh, Mason Storm here as well. He talks that he tells us that his father was a missionary and he was raised in the Orient. And he says, as a young white boy over there, I needed to learn how to fight, as you can imagine. Mm, I, I was imagining it at the time <laughs> Me too. when he was saying it. And he talked uh, this. The, yeah, he has a little proverb as well. You can tell Segal included yeah, this himself. Yeah, this is very powerful. He talks about his uh, his teacher, and um, we get some Segal wisdom. You ever been to Chinatown? Yeah, why? Well, it's just a list of herbs and uh, some needles that I need for my recovery. Oh, where did you learn to write in Chinese? Well, when I was a kid, my father was a missionary. I was raised in the Orient. And there's a young white boy over there. I needed to learn how to fight, as you can imagine. I remember went to my first martial arts teacher, and he says, so why do you come to me? And I say, I say, uh, to learn how to fight. And he says, oh, so you want to hurt people. But do you want to be great? I say, yeah. I want to be great. He says, then first learn how to heal people to be great. To hurt people is easy. And I like that there's some intense saxophone playing after he says that last <laughs> bit. And Kelly LeBrock's just slowly nodding at him. Yeah. <laughs> She's she's under his spell, that not, kind of wisdom. Not at any point thinking, what the fuck was yeah. that? It's like, why are you telling me all this? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is boring. And uh, the next scene is she, she's back from her shopping, <laughs> looking for <laughs> herbs and needles. More on those later. Yeah, he's he's, he's got some silk pyjamas on now, hasn't he? He has, yeah. and he's clean shaven. He's got yeah. rid of the beard. He's got rid of the... He's, he's tied his hair back. 
quite right too. And she's got a she's got a file for him to look through, and she's like, "I'll be wherever if you need me." Where's she got that from? No idea. She's a nurse. Yeah, no idea where oh, she well, would have. Okay. And he, he goes through and there's just clippings about his dead family, and he sort of looks up <laughs> into nice. the... It's <laughs> nice for him to uh, revisit. <laughs> yeah, and looks up into the distance, thinking about it. That's when we get a montage. Oh, yes, a workout montage. Seagal's montages are a little different to the, the average action hero montage. <laughs> um, I'm going to list off everything I saw in this montage. Please do. Please shout up if I've missed anything. Uh, of course, he, the whole point of it is he needs to, you know, get back to what he once was. He's still relatively easy to kill, as opposed to <laughs> the title of the mm. film itself. He needs to get back to hard-to-kill status. So he starts off with some Chinese reading. Of course. He reads some sort of parchment, mm-hmm. <laughs> some ancient <laughs> scroll. Yeah, it probably tells him uh, how to do a montage. He, uh, he, lifts, <laughs> he lifts some weights. Of course. Some self-acupuncture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how he gets all those in. No. Because it, it cuts back. Like he's got loads of needles in, hasn't he? <laughs> How's he reached around there? Uh, he's stabbing a tree with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know, it was the, these montages actually led me to do quite similar things <laughs> as a kid. So, you know, you can laugh about them, but uh, this is how we learned things back then. This is how we learned how to train. Running like a girl up a hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't do that. I didn't run up a hill at all because, uh, you know, it's the point. Wearing a bandana and mm-hmm. punching rope-wrapped block of wood whilst thinking about sun. Yeah. Is that H- his son. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean the Tottenham Hotspur no. player. <laughs> Um, setting fire to acupuncture needles and yeah. meditating. He's, yep. he's got some ancient herbs yeah. on the ends of the needles in his body that are just smoking as he's sitting there asleep or meditating. I, I think assume. he's meditating. He's not asleep, is he? He's got needles <laughs> stuck in him. He's falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> what if he toppled over? <laughs> He'd just be stabbed to death. Kelly LeBrock put those <laughs> whilst asleep. <laughs> but he's stupid. Really easy to kill. <laughs> just falls asleep. <laughs> Wakes up in Kelly LeBrock's doing ancient Chinese acupuncture on him. Yeah, she, she's it's learned a lot. Quite a step yeah. up from the cat. Um, <laughs> more um, girl running. This is where yep. we get the t- very sharp turn that he does. I don't oh, know yeah. what the hell he's doing with his hands. <laughs> he, he, he's not an he's not a natural runner. I don't think. <laughs> Can you describe what we mean by running like a girl? It's just kind of it's like his right arm kind of just flops over. It's like he, his hands, like his his wrists, don't have any. They're just both hands are just flopping about yeah. as he's running. Yeah, it's weird. I like how um, Kelly LeBrock's watching him punch this post with his bandana, this ill-fitting bandana on, and she shakes her head and just says, Mason Storm. Yeah, she's she's hooked. She's hooked on the storm. <laughs> and um, We get to see Buddha as well, of course. Yeah. He's got a big Buddha in, a, in there, which is, in his... is a nice, nice touch. <laughs> yeah. We see him, he's, uh, we know that his training's finished because he's sitting on top of a 
on a rock on top of a hill. Yeah, I think we hear an eagle as well, <laughs> don't we? The the cry of an eagle. It's I don't just, think we see an eagle. We no. just we just hear it. In, uh, it's it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's only Seagal that would have these sort of things yeah, in it. That's why I love them. It's just so ridiculous. And it's he, just it, fantastic. He's just looking out on the landscape, the land, you know. Yeah, he's got plans. Yeah, he's still got. I don't know if he's has he still got his needles and his smoking herbs. Not when he's outside, no. He's taking <laughs> Underneath his uh, shell suit. <laughs> yeah, just poking through his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> he can't reach to take him out, you see. He's doing some more um, some more slappy hands training when Kelly LeBrock walks in all doled up. She actually, I thought she looked a little bit like um, Julia from Hellraiser in this, where she's just like kind of a business suit. And big hair yeah. tied up. Yeah, you know. big hair, sunglasses. Uh, she she walks in and uh, the sax music that starts playing and that just gives away what's about to happen in this scene. She asks if he wants a flower. I don't know if it's a euphemism. Probably not. And uh, yeah, she um she's a prostitute, isn't she? She's dressed <laughs> like a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she is a prostitute. <laughs> I don't know. That, that she she dressed like a prostitute. She's acting like a prostitute because <laughs> she wants to have sex with it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how it happens, isn't it? <laughs> Any woman that wants to have sex with a man is a prostitute. That's Ken's old Catholic school coming out in him there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the second sex scene with a, a different woman in this film. Is yeah. this is this a, a first? Is this an only for Seagal? Um, yeah. I can't think of... Um, yeah, his, his later ones are usually like... He's a lone wolf. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, I yes, can't think of any ones yeah, where he's... It is. Where he's with different women and things like that. Um, yeah, you know, but he's, he's he's straight into it. He's <laughs> You know, he's not shy about the whole thing. He's, he's very disappointed by the end where he's looking at a, the ring on his finger. Yeah, he looks absolutely disgusted with the whole thing. <laughs> he seems to have gotten over it, though. Yeah, his dead wife. Because you know, even though it has been seven years for him, it's only been a few days since yeah. he last saw his wife alive, and he's already just uh, cheating on her with with Kelly DeBrock. Um, hi. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I was well, I was just passing by, and I thought might like a flower. Anyway, Ken. Yes. There's not that many, besides the pyjamas, he's dressed relatively um, normally. I think he looks good in this bit. Where, when, does, when does the crazy dress start? Is it that bomber jacket with the tiger on the back? That marks for death, isn't it, that one? Um, I don't know. I mean, out for justice, he's wearing a beret. Yeah. For no reason. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that counts. I'm thinking more sort of, you know, ch- tigers and, and kimonos. and. You I know. think Mark for death then, yeah, because he's got that bomber jacket, hasn't he? It's almost like Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he's yeah. got that on his back. He goes off to see his wife's grave. He's wearing the, he's got the blue jeans, yeah. so the, the, the black leather jacket on. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah. He does look good. Um, Kelly goes to see Martha. I don't know why she's just allowed to just... Well, she's not a she. She's an idiot. 
And um, she actually sees her neighbour instead who tells her that Martha's dead. She's been killed off screen. Yeah, good. And strangled to death. Yeah, she uh, she almost shit. Was uh, <laughs> was what's written on her grave. <laughs> Martha, she almost shit. <laughs> there she is now. <laughs> uh, the guy says that, hey, you look like the the woman. You look like the woman who's flat Martha died outside of. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I Something don't like that. Pick that up at all. And they're like, hey, wait, hey, wait a minute. And uh, she just runs off and gets instantly tailed by about four cars all the way back. Uh, this is where uh, Seagal he returns back to the house and O'Malley's there, and uh, they get a we get a big man hug between the two of them. And it turns out O'Malley, as we said before, he's raising um, Steven Seagal's kid for him. And he told everyone he's dead, and he traced him through um, Kelly, his mom. Or yeah, it was a retirement home. Yeah, and uh, she's got the the badge on her table or something isn't she i guess it's o'malley's if, if only that had been the case that uh you know when when he woke up that was who she rang yeah instead of alerting all the bad guys that he was alive yeah yeah if only they'd thought that through that would have been a bit easier wouldn't it yeah, if only o'malley thought to ring the hospital and say oh by the way ring me on this number now because i don't work for the police yeah all gone to see him yeah i assume that would have been okay I like how he says, I must have played that tape over a thousand times trying to pick up um, voice. I don't know yeah. what he says, but it's like, well, he says the it's, line. It's that the phrase the senator's using. Constantly. He, he says it in he, every he, interview. He, he never shuts up about taking it to the bank. He also says, uh, when he asks about his son, he says, yeah, he's a track star, just like his old man. <laughs> Now, we've already described his old man's running style. <laughs> it must be the most ridiculous track star ever. As long as having a fit. <laughs> yeah, we don't get to see him do that run, which is a shame. Yeah, he, he says he he, uh, he faked both funerals, um, <laughs> which is elaborate, but that's O'Malley. Yeah, yeah. You see, with all this that he's done, he's so so cautious and so thorough but then just forgot to change the phone number for his contact. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you idiot. Yeah, and he, he backed off the case and, and searching and asking too many questions in order to protect um, Sonny, Sonny's life. I yeah. guess seems to have son and he's called Sonny. It's <laughs> <laughs> easy to remember, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And there's another, we get another Segal-ism. Yeah, yeah, I've written that down as well. It's brilliant. What have they found him? What if they found no, you? No, 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 you did the right thing. Then wasn't the time. Now's the time. We're outgunned and undermanned, but you know something? We're gonna win. And I'll tell you why. Superior attitude, superior state of mind. We'll get him, buddy. Believe me. Every fucking one of them. He then empties his gun into some dirt and plant pots <laughs> out in the distance. <laughs> Whilst O'Malley looks like stony faced yeah. into he doesn't even watch him do it, he's no, looking he's, upwards. Yeah, he's just like Oh god. <laughs> he's talking about this bloody superior state of mind again, the lunatic. Throughout these interactions between O'Malley and uh, and Seagal, because that happens in a few different scenes, 
And it always cuts back to Kelly LeBrock having a very slow car chase. I don't know if it, even if she knows she's being followed, but there's four cars. I don't cars. think so. She doesn't know at all. You see her she's dri- oblivious to the uh, convoy of cars <laughs> just following you, her. You see her driving, and then all of a sudden, as she goes off screen, there's four cars very closely together that <laughs> just snake after her. <laughs> yeah, she's an idiot. Uh, he, uh, Seagal, uh, the last time he sees O'Malley, he asks him to make sure his son's safe. And he says, you got it, partner. He's a cowboy now, apparently. <laughs> and uh, um, oh yeah, Se- Seagal uh, then starts thinking of all the dialogue that we've this, heard. This is uh, a highlight <laughs> for me, one of, one of my favourites. All the dialogue we've heard through the film, uh, Seagal is now running it through his head. Yeah. Through through all the, all the, all the voices we hear, you can take that to the bank. Mm. And Seagal suddenly, <laughs> yeah. suddenly, suddenly, yeah, like Sherlock Holmes. O'Malley, not a chance. He's <laughs> not got it at all. Seven years, a thousand times, he's not picked up on it at all. <laughs> thousand times, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But Mason Storm just thinks about it for two minutes and immediately knows who's to blame. Yeah, he figures out it's Senator Trent. Yeah, you can take that to the bank. Just echoes, echoes, and echoes. And he's looking at the TV, which isn't on Seagal. He's <laughs> yeah, sitting at yeah. the end of his bed with, yeah. his, with his hands in his lap. <laughs> and uh, close up on his face, and he says... I want a lot more when I get in that office. I can take that to the bank. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> And then the music's like dun 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 dun. Yeah, and he sort of looks down like, "What the hell did I just say?" Yeah, and why why is the telly not on? <laughs> what am I doing in here? Yeah, there's um, you can find little YouTube clips of uh, of people just laughing about that as well. There's uh, there's one where it says, uh, "Hey, can anyone give me a lift to the bank?" <laughs> and it's intercut with cigar saying, "I'll take you to the bank." And he says, "Oh, brilliant, thanks." And he's like. The blood bag. He's like, no, just the normal <laughs> bank. <laughs> and he just he does it again. I'll take you to the bank. He's like, okay, right, that's brilliant. Then <laughs> the blood bank. <laughs> just again and again. It's the same joke, but uh, it, it's amusing. Uh, Kelly LeBrock thankfully arrives instantly to relieve Seagal of his. Why the hell did I just say that line? Yeah. And uh, yeah, she tells a sad story, doesn't she, about Martha being dead? Yeah. And, but. Um, it's but, almost like Segal doesn't hear it. But, well, he replies just that his son's all right, though, so who cares? Yeah, she, she seems fine after <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, she's like, oh, good, that is good then. Never mind, Martha. They start packing to leave, and I hear in the voiceover, as you're watching the um, the ambush start with people walking to the house slow, you can hear them speaking, and Segal just asks her to make sure that she packs his jeans and leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're wearing them. <laughs> you've already got them on, Mason, Steve. Mason, you've got them on. <laughs> Why has he got so many clothes anyway already? I think they're the doctors. <laughs> really? It's just, he's, he's also six foot five, is he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hillary really fucking takes the piss out of this doctor's hospitality. <laughs> oh, this bit, honestly. Yeah, so we get we get the ambush at the house. There's lots of, there's a guy who gets his arm, the classic Seagal scene of the arm break and yeah. thrown through the, the uh, window. Yeah, and straight into a glass cabinet. Yeah, face first into that. You get some guy thrown from a balcony, just like, just, hurled off uh, a height and he obviously lands on a table you've got to have a table to land on preferably glass if you've got a glass table that even better um yeah there's a couple get shot uh, they're getting shot through the uh, the windows and stuff and uh <laughs> grenade <laughs> 
<laughs> throw a grenade at them as well, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, they escape in the Jeep. I assume also that's the Doctor's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just like bouncing around in a field now. That's a suspension shot to death, that one. <laughs> yeah, when they go over the fence yeah, and land. It's just being, being shot at all the time. It's, it's, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic escape. I like how we stop to watch a horse escaping out into the... Into- into the field, yeah, yeah, free, free at last. You know that's a, a Seagal thing as well, and, don't you? and then a, a, a hilarious. Oh, I forgot to lock the door, says Kelly LeBrock. If you're Seagal, I wouldn't have. I would no, have loved just thrown her out the door. <laughs> you just see the door open, and then she gets thrown out, and he drives <laughs> off. <laughs> you know about that, right? You know this, the guy who owns that house. Yeah. What when he comes home? <laughs> what then? He's going to come home. And just be like, what the bloody hell's happened here? His house is destroyed. <laughs> his jeep's he's, gone. His yeah, horse. <laughs> yeah, his horse has escaped. Uh, I think there's an eagle cry again when the horse escapes, I think. Yeah. It might be another one of those. But yeah, that's his house. So he let his eagle out. He's... <laughs> yeah, not a euphemism. <laughs> Kayla Brock did that earlier in the film. No, but it's like, what? Oh, man. Imagine that. You go to all that. You think, yeah, I'll let her use my house. She's she's reliable. She's trustworthy. Not like that Martha, who almost shit. Not, <laughs> yeah, not having I mean, her there. Yeah, shitting all over the no, place. No, but I'll, I'll let Kelly LeBrock stay there. Yeah. And he comes home and just like, oh, you're joking. <laughs> got a grenade, you've got bodies, you've got, <laughs> just dead you've bodies. got dead people in there. I mean, if he's gone for months, that's that, oh, they're decayed yeah. and everything. Yeah. Oh, I felt sorry for that. That's where I lost, I lost all uh, sympathy for the, the main characters after that because I thought... What a way to treat them. And then to have that throwaway line, oh, I forgot to lock the door after they've just destroyed someone else's house. Shocking. Yeah. What a lack of respect. Uh, he trades the doctor's Jeep to a pirate for another car. He looks like a pirate, the guy that he trades it he's to. He's just some random uh, Hispanic gang, isn't yeah, he? He's got just a... hanging around, just sort of like being a gang. He's got a skull and crossbones earring and a, a bandana. <laughs> he just looks like a, like a pirate. Yeah, he swaps it for like a low rider thing, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he says, uh, yeah, do a swap. And he says, how hot is it? And he says, smoking. And why the hell would that be? All right, then I'll take it. That would be like, well, no thanks then. Yeah. If everyone's looking for the car, why on earth would you accept that? And they get it and they say, oh, look, all these bullet holes and the suspension's fucked and there's a dead eagle in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some horse shit. <laughs> Martha's shit. Um... <laughs> she almost shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's ever been... Uh, it's never been declared that she actually did. <laughs> I forgot to lock the door. The next scene is them in, in sort of nice, nice uh, formal wear. Uh, Kelly Brock says, you should wear these clothes all the time, but next time we'll use your credit card. Uh, Seagal isn't laughing because he, he's thinking about his family again. Yeah, and he probably hasn't got a credit card because he's been dead for seven years. Yeah. He's probably not still active, is it? His account? No. It's insane. I mean, he should have been thinking about his family before he had sex with Kelly LeBrock. I wouldn't. Seagal, <laughs> um, uh, he destroys the place to get his camera. They, they go back to his house, don't they? Yeah, his old house where what he is used that? to live. It's not like a... They're not um, buying... They're not looking around the house to buy it, are they? No, they're, they're looking just to say, you know, maybe we, we could. I can't even remember what it is. Because the family they're, are living they're like there, real, aren't they? real estate people, aren't they? Yeah, and he just breaks through the wall. Yeah, just saying that they're going to buy a lot of houses uh, in the area or something and uh, they'd like to offer a lot of money for it. 
Yeah. yeah. And then he, he digs out the wall, uh, takes his, his massive camera out from uh, in the wall. She's still there seven years later. Yeah. Nobody noticed that behind the icebox. Yeah, and then and then like, obviously the, the demolition of someone else's house. They come in and say, "What's going on?" And he says, "Your contractor's doing a lousy job." Yeah, which he isn't. Which I th- again, I thought that's just that's harsh. Yeah. First of all, right, she's going to have a go at that contractor, and uh, that's his reputation at stake. Yeah. It's just a working man, an honest working man. Yeah. And it's not his fault, and he hasn't put a hole in the wall. He cigars. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like that. But it turns out, because I had, I had a look at this, the contractor, that's only his, his that's only his job on the side. He's also a doctor, and he's away in China <laughs> at the minute. <laughs> but he's got two businesses. <laughs> he's going to come back to his contracting business up shit creek. Yeah. That's, honestly, I just didn't like it. I never liked that bit. He gets Seagal. He's on the payphone outside. He's, he's telling O'Malley that he's at the Bonaventure Hotel. And he says, um, we're, we're checked in. Leave a message uh, at the desk under the name Royce Coolidge. Um, <laughs> well, what an incredible name. <laughs> you picked that name, wouldn't you? That's actually from, uh, <laughs> from Toast of London. Uh, Stephen Toast uses that as his, yeah. uh, his um, nickname. He actually uses Andrea Smith. Yeah, not Andrea. Andrea. No. Yeah, one, doesn't the cop go to the 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 desk and ask for Andrea, or is it ask just for Royce? <laughs> yeah. It'd be great if he'd have chosen Royce Coolidge. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> the, the, that conversation's uh, intercepted by the cops, and I actually thought, watching this again, I thought Sigal made that call knowing that it was so being recorded. I. So did I. Yeah, but it, like, that isn't the case at all, is it? He does make that call just assuming. It would have been okay if uh, if the mom hadn't read it out loud yeah. when she wrote it down. Yeah. You know, because you don't have to, do you? Yeah. If somebody tells you something, you don't have to say it again out loud. I don't, I don't know if, you, if you're if you O'Malley, you're using your... Your, uh, your poor old mom your in old, a retirement home. Yeah, to, to, to siphon calls in this dangerous situation. You want to get her involved? Seems like he's, he's done well in, in certain aspects, O'Malley, but he's cut corners in a lot. We get a shot of O'Malley saying that he wants to go big fat tuna fishing with uh, Sonny <laughs> and uh, Seagal, <laughs> which should have been a TV show. I'd have watched that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Seagal just punching the tuna <laughs> with his bandana it. on. Breaking its tail. <laughs> Throwing it through a window. Um, as they're in the uh, the hotel, we actually see uh, that the cops arrive first, don't they? And they ask for any um, Andreas Smith, any mm. messages. And then... Again, Seagal turns up with Kelly LeBrock, and she asks for for the same, and they they, they find out that they're surrounded. Um, Seagal kicks a man through the, through the window, quite right, and then actually picks him up and throws him back through the quite right too, the second yeah. window. Yeah. He hasn't quite had enough. We'll get more chase scenes. Yeah, he steals a car. Yeah, a convertible. Yeah, isn't just it? goes and steals a car as well. You know, there's a lack of respect all the way through this. Yeah, it's the police that are chasing him this time. Cut to O'Malley. He's talking over the plan with Sonny at the train station, and the the bad guys turn up. Mm, I like the way uh, O'Malley says, "Run, Sonny." I I like the way that Sonny calls him O'Malley, (laughs) even though he's lived with him as his dad for seven years, and he still calls him by his surname. Doesn't even use his. Doesn't call him anything else. Uncle, nothing. Just just calls him O'Malley. And O'Malley refers to himself as Uncle O'Malley. (laughs) 
Do he we? hasn't got a first name, has he? <laughs> poor, poor O'Malley. He's a lieutenant, I think. That's his first name. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was born as. <laughs> yeah. Sonny ends up running away and O'Malley's following and he, he takes out, um, I think there's like four bad guys, he takes three of them yeah, out. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And he says, I love you, Sonny. Um, mm. And then runs at them with a tire iron <laughs> in the last sort of um, hurrah to try and stop them. Ends up getting killed by the the, the main one. Of yeah, the... but somebody just say, uh, "You broke my face," because he hits him with the siren. He says, "You broke my face," and then, as if to confirm it to other people, he broke my face. Yeah. <laughs> so he just, just, you know, that's another thing with Seagal films. They frequently tell you what's happened to them, uh, as in injuries, because a lot of it, just so it's a different style of fighting and everything. I think they use that. You broke my nose, you broke my arm, my leg, you broke my leg yeah, and that, stuff. That's in this, isn't it, it? It seems to happen quite a lot where they just shout out what their injuries are in case you were unaware that that's actually a legitimate injury. Yeah. Except that the broken leg thing happens in the next very next scene. Yeah, but on this occasion, it was his face that got broke with a tire iron, which, <laughs> you know, it probably would break your face. Yeah. Maybe whether you'd shout those exact words afterwards, I don't know, but uh, Pro- probably, he does. Probably not, no. Uh, luckily, Seagal turns up at the same time because th- th- their idea was to meet at the train station. Mm. So Seagal, he turns up in time to see Sonny running away and the uh, the guy's after him. So Seagal gets out of the car, more running like a girl. Uh, and th- this is where he breaks the guy's leg yeah. in the alleyway. And he and says, he shouts, yeah. <laughs> My leg. <laughs> he throws him in the dumpster. <laughs> My leg, yeah. Like, yes, I know. There's <laughs> only us two here. My... I've aimed for that leg. No, no, my big legs. <laughs> uh, we have a fight with the the sort of main bad guy of this little group here. He was uh, one of the, uh, yeah, the shooters. Axel. Axel, his name is Jack Axel. Jack Axel. Yeah. <laughs> he was the one who dressed up as a doctor and did that stupid flower thing. Yeah, who's the other one? Max something. Max Axel. <laughs> Mac, Max Quintero. Mac, Maxel. He's got a great name, actually. His real name is Branscombe Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Imagine that would have been, that'd have been much better as a character. He well, could, he could have been like the um, the mayor, yeah, or a you know, businessman, Branscombe Richmond. So Max Quintero and what was the other guy's name? Jack Ma- Axel. Jack Axel. It sounds like a <laughs> that sounds like a Schwarzenegger yeah. name. That one for for his films. They were the two um, the gunmen who killed the wife and uh, shot Mason Storm. It's those two, and it's it's Max Quintero that gets the fight scene now with uh, with uh, Steve Seagal in the in the marketplace. Uh, thrown over like a sushi bar where there's a cleaver being thrown about at one point. Yep. This is the first time the son sees his dad after seven years and he's killing a man. Yeah, he's just murdering people. <laughs> he, he gives him a little little pat on the head as he walks past him just before he breaks the guy's neck, <laughs> Max Quintero. Yeah, he does, yeah. He snaps his fingers, doesn't he, as well? Yes. Like he breaks his fingers and just... It's weird the way he says this as well. He's just like, I remember you. Yeah, and it just breaks his hand. It's like, yeah. ow! He just like bends his fingers back, really, really. Ah, I'm doing it now, and it hurts. Yeah, he does that to um, a few people, doesn't he? At the end of the film, that same move mm. where it's like, was it? It's like it breaks the wrist. Yeah, it's just ow, and the fingers. Ow. Yeah, it's horrible. He leaves Sonny with Kelly LeBrock, and then he's off. He's off to Senator Trent's house for the final showdown. And Senator Trent's not ready for him, by the way. He's in a hot tub with some ladies. <laughs> well, one lady. Oh, yeah. I've, I've got women. No. All right. Do you know what I also had? Uh, you broke my face. He broke my fence, written down. 
<laughs> so yeah, obviously, <laughs> I don't know if my notes are going to be a hundred percent reliable. <laughs> well, unless the doctor turned up from the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, never mind your face. <laughs> what about my fence? <laughs> he broke, yeah. but most of all, he broke my trust. <laughs> is what the doctor. <laughs> and said. that's what hurts the most. <laughs> yeah, he's in a hot tub with a girl. I like how he's like, this is happening, and he knows that this is happening, but he's still just in the hot tub. He's not sort of thinking, I might not stay at my actual house during this time. I might actually... I might go to that, uh, the house of that doctor friend I've got <laughs> who's in China. <laughs> I'll go and hide there. That'd be perfect. Yeah, although I'm not speaking to him after the crap masonry work he did on my house. <laughs> I like how he's like, yeah, secure the place, but instantly Segal's through the window. <laughs> he's already... <laughs> It's heavily guarded. You see all the uh, the outside guards walking around. He's very stealthy. He's six foot five cigar. He's <laughs> already in the house. He's through the window. He get, and we see the bad guys. We see... Um, oh, they're all playing pool. Jack Axel. And Jack Axel. It's a great name. It is. Um, they're all playing pool. He turns up. He wants to play. And uh, he says, oh, you won't let me play because I have this gun. And again, he puts the gun away. Of course he does. There's three hours of them just playing pool now for the rest of them. <laughs> and they say, okay, then you can play. Yeah. Winner stays on. <laughs> and it turns out he's very good. Yeah. So yeah. the rest of the film is just us watching Segal beat them at pool. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Of course not. Uh, he says, someone hand me a cue. And then we get the, we yeah, get we, the fight. Yeah, fight with pool cues and stuff. That was the whole point of them playing pool. This is the... It was a good line, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. If, <laughs> if Blood Bank wasn't in this film, then this would have been the greatest line because he, he stabs the one end of the pool cue just right down yeah. into his neck, into his body of uh, Jack Axel. And he says, that's for my wife. Fuck you and die. Yeah. And he he does. He, he does, yeah. He does die, which is that's, fair enough. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not, not a clever line, is it? it it's not, not really. It's not like a, it's a hilarious quip. It's not one of Arnie's uh, little one-liners. It's not, I'll take you to the blood bank. <laughs> no, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> no, blood bank's uh, imminent. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, fuck you and die. Harsh. Yeah, he starts, throwing, very unlike Sigal, he starts writing stuff like you're next on the wall and sort of playing with them. <laughs> He's got anticipation of death is worse than death itself. <laughs> Where's he got the time to be writing all this? You're next. It's like... It's written on the inside of a toilet lid. How does he know anyone's going to need the toilet at that point before he's killed everybody yeah. that that's going to be noticed? <laughs> it just seems, I don't know, it just seems like pointless. Unless Senator Trent's written that himself. <laughs> you know, some people have like... Um... You're, you're next, as in who's next to use the toilet? Lift it up. <laughs> oh, it's me. <laughs> It was me. <laughs> you know, oh. some people have like inspirational quotes yeah. like painted on their walls. That's what he's got. <laughs> Live, love, laugh. Yeah, and you're next. <laughs> you're next, and anticipation of death is worse than death itself. Yeah, that's in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the, the ceiling as he wakes up every morning. Yeah. yeah, I'm under the bed. That's what's written on the top of the ceiling. Seagal says, I'm going to give you more time than you gave my wife. Oh. There's a bit right where he's he's hiding and he shouts, "How does it feel to know you're about to die?" And only when he finishes that line does the other guy turn around and shoot 
you can't say that quick enough for somebody not to have turned around, especially if they're a, like hyper alert with a gun looking for somebody. Yeah, and a police officer, so yeah, would have that, had training. The slightest noise would have made that guy spin round, but uh, nope. And he unloads all six of his shots into nothing. <laughs> into his stairs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and as I say, and then he, he gives the, I'm going to give you more time than you gave my wife, and he open palms, slaps him to the ground. He picks up a fire poker, and Seagal just snaps his wrist. Yeah. And then he said, and then uh, how does he kill him there? It uh, looks like he just ties his tie for him. Uh, he snaps his neck with the tie. Yeah, yeah. Why not? He, and then he says, "Now you're a good cop." Now you're a good cop. Yeah. What does that mean? Because he's dead. Right. They say, so, yeah, the only good, and it was like an insult, wasn't it? Right. The only good one's a dead one. Uh, he starts talking shit to Trent. Oh, Vernon. <laughs> Vernon. Where are you, Vernon? Nice. It's nice that he's calling him Vernon as well, because that kind of like adds a little bit of a ridicule to it, doesn't it? Are you under the bed? That's what he's doing. <laughs> he's like he's in a kids' TV show. <laughs> yeah. Where's Vernon? Yeah. Oh, no, he's not under the bed. <laughs> he's he's in the closet. He is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a good line as well, though. He just shouts the word, die. <laughs> die. Like, uh, it'd be good if he did it like Brian Blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Flash Gordon. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's got a shotgun. He actually takes his time to look through the suits, Seagal. He's just having a little look, seeing what's going on. Yeah, see if there's any with a big lion or tiger on the back. <laughs> Add to his own collection. Yeah, he's got a shotgun, and um, Seagal instantly takes it. He dodges the, the blast, which would have deafened both of them in that yeah, fucking... Yeah, that's a tight area, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and uh, grabs it off him and shoves it in his mouth. I think he knocks some teeth out. Mm. It's like blood coming from his mouth. That really hurts me every time I watch that. It did it again. I watched it the other night, and it did it again when he rams the shotgun into his mouth. It's just like, oh, yeah. It really looks like it hurts. Yeah, and then a little joke about prison rape to him because he's sending him to jail. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is a pretty white boy. Uh, you'll not be anally retentive for very long. A little joke about being raped. savagely raped <laughs> in in prison. It's always nice. Always nice for the hero to uh, throw in a little rape joke. Yeah. He also uh, makes a joke about Trent's tiny balls. Yeah. <laughs> he does, yeah. 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 He got, he, they must be smaller than I thought. I mean, it's bookshot, isn't it? Shotgun. Yeah. So I imagine that would have done something. <laughs> something must have caught him. <laughs> yeah. On the legs or something. But anyway, it doesn't. And the SWAT team turns up. Ke- Kelly LeBrock turns up for literally does nothing. She turns I'm not up, she's sure like, why she'd be allowed in. Yeah, she's like, no, Mason. Or and they just hold her back. It's a like, big crime scene. Yeah. What the hell's a nurse doing there? Especially one as unprofessional as Kelly LeBron. <laughs> yeah. The sergeant, he asked for uh, he asked for the gun. And he says that we, we got the tape. Yeah, we, and we, we saw the film. We know you were set up. And then they arrest the senator. And he has he's, he doesn't know what's going on, the senator. No. He should have like, took it to the bank. Go on. No, that was it. All right. Uh, there's hugs all around. Kelly and Sonny, they all get hugs. Uh, Kelly LeBrock says, I love you, Storm. And uh, so, Sonny's got no idea who this woman is. No. But once. it doesn't matter. And uh, so, yeah, Seagal says, how about a nice vacation? Yeah. Um, Should have all done a high five there and just freeze framed. We've got... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But because Seagal's seven foot and he oh, jumps, yeah, yeah. no one can get to it. <laughs> yeah, so he just palms the air. <laughs> And then just lands on Sonny. Hits his hand on the fan, on the, on the ceiling. Ow. <laughs> yeah, lands on Sonny. 
<laughs> breaks his leg, ruins his track career. Yeah, coma for him. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly LeBrock uh, just looks after them both. Almost shits. Looking at their dicks <laughs> when they're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, hard to kill too. We've just told, we've just got the plot for that one. Oh, hang on, we're going to do a pitch, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> we've brought that in early. Oh god, uh, we get the we get the news outlets. <laughs> if I woke up and the <laughs> Brock was looking at my dick. <laughs> oh dear, oh, I got I, a second. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'd do to be honest. <laughs> I got this vision of uh, a kid going into his parents' room saying, Kelly LeBrock's in my room. <laughs> so the same, What's she doing? The same nightmare again, son. <laughs> Kelly LeBrock's going to look at my dick. <laughs> uh, the, the news outlets are showing um, the tape. And as we said, they didn't cut off the... Um, what the? The what they're at the end. <laughs> Kelly, if you're listening, <laughs> do you still do that? Oh, God. <laughs> but also, they didn't cut off his. <laughs> <laughs> what else didn't they cut off? <laughs> it's it's a gal, he's, uh, his home videos. Was... <laughs> Fuck it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> And with that, we'll bring this to an end. <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! I was just thinking of uh, they go what there, and it cuts, and then it <laughs> he's recorded over just <laughs> his wife recording him singing in the shower or something. <laughs> That's just played on live news. <laughs> Maybe Kelly Brock used it for a nightly escapade. <laughs> Just videoing several <laughs> patients' dicks. Ah, <laughs> oh, the end. <laughs> <laughs> and it finishes, that's it, really. It's alive, it's alive, it's alive! So what did you think to this film, Ken? I love it. Does it hold up after so many years? Yes, of... it does, yeah. Um, I would say Hard to Kill is probably the most watched Sigal film behind Out for Justice for me. Um, mainly because um, it's very popular. Yeah. Uh, in in my house, not just with myself, which uh, is, says something. I think uh, Steven Seagal, he's, he looks he looks good in this. He's got the ponytail. It was the first one. Uh, he's lean. He's you know he actually is without shirt as well, and uh, with the uh, acupuncture scenes, and he, he looks all right. He looks good, and it's just fun. It's a fun film. Lots of violence. He does his thing. Yeah, and it's streamlined to fuck as well, isn't yeah. it? There's, there's hardly any sort of wasted content in it. No, it does. It does like the bit where he just talks rubbish about his upbringing, where she yeah. never really asked him any of that. All yeah. she said was, "How do you know how to write Chinese, you pretentious idiot?" <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I like the fact that it's like you know, four minutes in, you get a fight scene, and pretty yeah. much that's it for the rest of. The, that's yeah. what the, that, again, that's the great thing about these these nineties action films. It was always a convenience store. That was like the go to place uh, for an opening pointless scene that's got nothing to do with anything else yeah because it doesn't it doesn't lend anything to it i suppose it's just you know it's just there isn't it it's just to sh- set out how how hardcore he is and uh yeah it's just an excuse for some violence 
yeah, and I say the the coma sort of plot makes it yeah, a bit more fun, a bit more unusual, a bit funner than like uh, his first film. That's quite a serious film. You know, it's it's not like comedy. It's just sort of wacky, really. <laughs> the actual plot. He's not he's not one liners all all over the place. No, there's, there's a few. There's a few attempts at comedy. No, isn't Kelly LeBrock, but, but they're, yeah. they're awful. But uh, where do you think this ranks amongst his uh, his best films? Oh no, it's it's got to be right at the top. Yeah, not 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 number one, but it's got to be certainly top five, top top five, potentially top three, I think. Yeah, Out I for th- Justice is is just no, that's that's another level for me. Out for Justice is brilliant. I think a lot of people as well who who aren't maybe massive fans of Seagal, but you know they 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 watch action films would have seen this one. So it's under siege. A lot of people seen if you're talking about Seagal, and uh, this is another one that always gets and Glimmerman for some reason everyone seems to have watched. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure about Glimmer Man. Yeah, it just seems like everyone who you talk to about Seagal knows the Glimmer Man. Yeah, that's a good bit in Vern's book as well, actually. Yeah. The, the Glimmer Man chapter is very, very good. Yeah, we'll definitely get round to the Glimmer Man itself at some point. Um, it's mentioned in, in Vern's book as well, and I, I made the, the same note, is that of how much of an important character O'Malley is. He actually saves... Storm in the first instance saves his son. Yeah, yeah, he does a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he fucks it all up by not leaving a forwarding address. Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's, uh, he's got little little holes in the entire plan, but um, yeah, yeah, he does more than most of his sidekicks in these films. Who are usually there to either be comedy relief or killed, which he is killed, but he's also you know very important to the plot as well, which isn't usual for his uh, his sidekicks unless it's avenging their death. Hmm. Yes, and of course the beard and pajamas look, which you won't see in any other film of Seagal's. I don't think he's got a beard in any other film, has he? Uh, yeah, he's got a beard now. Well, yeah, but only not not a ridiculous, not, not like, a, like no, a no, no, no. Like he's he's just got a little, uh, it's little like a goatee. little goatee now. He's had that for a long, long time now. Not sure that's real either. Um, talking about the script as well, we you know the 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 white boy and the uh, superior attitude thing. That is uh, that is not in the script. Um, in these books, Vern goes and uh, he has a look at uh, the scripts, the original drafts and the final drafts, and, and sees what's in the film and what isn't, and surmises that the white boy in the Orient and the superior attitude speeches would have been added by Seagal of course they were. on the day. And it's just blatantly obvious every single time that Seagal adds something of his own. And rightly so. <laughs> It's not going to make a film without him, are they? Uh, in in the uh, <laughs> in the script, there's a part where uh, Vern says, "I really like the part where Storm sneaks up on three motherfuckers." And it says in the script, "They don't know whether to shit or go blind." <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, they didn't do either, did they? <laughs> yeah, and also the ending of the film originally was that Storm killed the Senator Trent character rather than um, what. Sent it, yeah. Originally, it called for him to be killed. Apparently, he turns his back on him, and Senator Trent. Uh, oh, not that old thing. I'm not going to kill you. So he tries to kill him. Yeah, and he's he, got no choice. He gets yeah. a fire poker and, and goes to attack Segal with it. And um, he says in the in the script, Storm does take Senator Trent to the blood bank. <laughs> oh, he did threaten to. Yeah, Segal. He does a he does a little flippy move on um, Senator Trent when he does that and pulls a fire poker, and he lands on the uh, the 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 um, fireplace guard thing and the, oh, right. and the spiky thing goes through it says here 
Um, his neck is impaled on the fireplace's decorative grill, and as he struggles to escape, his hair catches on fire. <laughs> Which is it, I really is that liked. filmed? Does it say it was filmed, or does it say it was just in the script? I think it was just in... Oh, it might have been filmed, because they do film... Uh, there is a scene where they go to O'Malley's funeral, which isn't in the ending film. But apparently, yeah, they kill Senator Trent, and then the last scene is them at O'Malley's funeral. Hmm. Interesting. I'd have liked to have seen William Sadler with his hair on fire. <laughs> yeah, that would have been... <laughs> with his head in the fireplace. That would have been an unusual bit, wouldn't it? Yeah. So that's the uh, that's our review of uh, Hard to Kill. Yeah. We had a few laughs. Yeah, you we know? did, didn't we, though? Yeah. <laughs> As I say, we'll probably um, do the the filmography of Seagal and Schwarzenegger and all that in in order. You know, do two or three movies per episode. Um, probably start that soon, actually, because that, that was a lot of fun doing that. Um, it's a lot to get through as well. Yeah, uh, won't obviously be doing them in in massive anything that's worth a deep dive. Will will have its own episode. But yeah, I think we can skim a few of everyone's uh, careers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every now and then. Yeah, the the golden era of Segal. You know, most of those will probably get single episode um, reviews. But uh, yeah, enjoyed it. And uh, and with that, we move on to the film pitch. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! So this week it's going to be me. Uh, I'm going to be doing the film pitch. It's about time. Yeah, Ken's done loads, but because of the way these are released, I'm actually done two in a row now. So <laughs> it's about time you fucking do one. Are quite the lazy bastard. <laughs> um, this is going to be a sequel to Hard to Kill. Yes. It's going to be called Steven Seagal is Harder to Kill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're liking that. This is set seven years in the future from... So this is a period piece itself. It's 1997. <laughs> nice. Seaman Seagal is... Um, Mason Storm. Yes. Yeah, keeping his name, yeah. Yes. Excellent, excellent. All the same characters. Yes. How old, I'm just thinking, how old would the son be then? I don't know how old he was in this one. Yeah, I don't know, about... 17? He'd be 17 now. don't know. I'm not sure how old he was in the other one. Yeah. So we've got to think of someone to cast for here. Anyway... And Kelly LeBrock, I don't, I don't think we can get Seagal and Kelly LeBrock in the same film nowadays. Hmm. Depends what, what what's the budget. We're gonna have to get a stunt <laughs> double for uh, for Seagal when Kelly LeBrock's on set. I think because I don't I, think they're the best of friends. He, he uses that anyway, doesn't he? He yeah. uses his stunt doubles all the time. As long as you can't see his face, it doesn't matter. So what's happened is Seagal. He's he's on uh, he's on a job. He's got his reconnaissance again. This time he's got two cameras. One on each shoulder. <laughs> the maniac. <laughs> you know, 97, they've gone a bit smaller now. You can, you can actually fit them both in the same trunk of the same car now. <laughs> so he's so he's not going to get a, a lorry or something? No, he's not. Truck. Yeah, he doesn't need a second man to help him with the with the camera setup. Why and has he got two cameras? Because. Is he filming two people? No, he's got more elaborate. He actually really enjoys filmmaking. So <laughs> he's got a different angle. He's got a different angle, yeah. In case he doesn't quite get the shot, and it's very nicely well hidden, um, just in the taped to the the corner of the room ceiling. Nice. <laughs> and the other one, he's he's holding himself. He's on the fire escape outside. Just All right, that's with the, with the <laughs> holding himself in a room. You're gonna <laughs> see him, aren't you? He's on the fire escape outside. At least in the first one, he was just like a distance away on the docks. But yeah. if he's in the same room, you're gonna see him. Yeah, 
And um, fire, okay, fire escape. So fair enough. Yeah, fire escape, and he's he's looking through the window. Unfortunately, to zoom on these things, it only goes so far. So we will have to sort of lean into the room at some various points. One hundred percent unnoticed. <laughs> so the limitations of the technology of the time. Um, and basically, what it is, it's uh, it's 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 Segal weeding out the rest of the dirty cops that oh, yes. he left from the first film. I should have pointed out actually this is not, this is set straight after so this is 1990 the first bit um and what happens is as he's leaning in um hang on so all right so this is still 1990 to start with yes right okay oh good oh, we're going to get a caption saying 7 years later it's oh, yes brilliant yeah. okay all right i mean i'm interested already yeah and as he's recording he's got the cops talking to each other that he, he's trying to find out um you know who's who's paying these cops off he's already he's already got an inkling of uh, who the main players are, but he doesn't know quite how far the corruption goes. And uh, during the conversation, one of the cops goes to close the window and inadvertently knocks Segal <laughs> <laughs> over the fire escape. <laughs> Is he right outside the window? How have they not seen him? <laughs> He's six foot five. Well, I'm glad you've asked because he's heavily camouflaged in a white shirt and waistcoat, polka dot waistcoat. So he just looks like the knight. <laughs> and leather jacket. The night sky. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so they shut the window and it hits his camera because they've got a bit of weight on the back end, those things, because it's got to be plugged into the generator. <laughs> what floor is this room on? Third. <laughs> That's a long wire, isn't it? It's a long cable. <laughs> He's hooked up. Well, it's actually plugged into the the room they're in. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, I not noticed that then. Yeah, so he stepped back. The Have I not noticed the same size camera like, taped to the wall? Well, you know, they're meeting in a hotel, so they think it's, uh, you know, the, we'll, get the, we'll get the security footage at the end of this. And... Um, <laughs> yeah, he he stumbles back. You know the the back end of those those nineteen ninety nineteen nineties cameras uh, it takes him over <laughs> over the edge, yeah. and as he falls, you see in the in the room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carry on. The the wires just rip <laughs> rip the uh, the camera from the in the corner. Rip that out. That goes through the window. Oh, right, yeah. The plug that comes straight out yeah. as well. Yeah. And then they all. <laughs> rush to the window and look down and um they see Seagal's <laughs> yeah. yeah they see Seagal's prone on the roof of his own car <laughs> and Kelly the Brock <laughs> what's she doing <laughs> she was his um his driver for this she get out and have a look at his dick There's no time for that. <laughs> she, she just drives off and uh, right. <laughs> some uh, some j- uh, saxophone plates. Quite right, yeah. <laughs> and um, mm. she drives off with him still. <laughs> Roof of the car. And um, <laughs> how can she see? <laughs> And the cameras are, are like, you know, like when just people dragging, are just married. Dragging behind them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the cameras. Some sparks flying <laughs> off and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then it pans up to <laughs> Stephen Seagal is harder to kill. 
So that's, that's my opening. And it turns out he's in another seven-year coma. Bloody hell. <laughs> because as you, as you well know, once you've had a concussion... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're liable for, for more. <laughs> for, right? for, yeah, yeah. for more seven-year yeah. repeats. He's going to be very careful. And uh, so, yeah, that kicks the film off. What do you, what do you reckon? Well, that's a hell of an opening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in for this straight away. Yeah. Who's um who's looking after him now then? Well it's it's Kelly LeBrock and it's uh, the doctor whose house they uh, he's still working <laughs> off that debt you see at the, at the house. All right, yeah. Has he come back from China? <laughs> yeah. He has. Yeah, he has. I'm good. glad to meet him. The doctor um is played by Carl Weathers. Oh yes. Yeah. So he's a. Uh, it's it's imagine that you wreck Carl Kelly LeBrock wrecks Carl Weathers' house. Oh man, it'd be hell to pay. Yeah. Um, speaking of toupee, uh, <laughs> Steven Seagal is, <laughs> is is comatose and yeah. um, comatose. <laughs> that should have been. <laughs> that should have been. That's, yeah. that's the tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Seagal is comatose. <laughs> Toast. And basically, it's um, it's exactly the same plot, pretty much, as the first one. Just well, no, nobody's dead. Sorry, nobody's dead. Well, Seagal nearly is. Yeah, but luckily he's, he's yeah, hard he's to not. kill. Yeah, but so so what? Well, they they who's, need to. Who's he after? He's, and, he's, and he's, why? He's after weeding out the corruption in the in the force. Oh right, so they're not going to kill anyone. They're not going to kill LeBrock. Well, they they would like to. Well, okay. So would Seagal probably, but <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no. cut that out, just, just in case. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's 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 the, the so, plot. So nobody's dead. No, but they they know that Seagal's hot on their tail. So the best thing for us to do that he's, I think one of them says, "I could be wrong on this, guys. I think he might have caught us on camera." <laughs> so as. As a man with a huge camera falls off a fire escape, ripping another massive camera off the wall. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, Ken, yes. I'm glad you've kept up. <laughs> okay. I mean, we're going to have to explain away why Seagal's about 10 stone heavier than he is. <laughs> From... <laughs> We're gonna have to do some sort of CGI work on him, I think. He's obviously not going to be able to take we'll, the fall we'll off. We'll use the, the uh, Robert De Niro... Uh, footage and uh, used the same sort of technology. Oh yeah, because that looked Robert good, didn't De Niro, it? Yeah, he, he looked a lot younger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he moved a lot younger as yeah. well, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so it's the first half of the film is is Carl Weathers and um, Kelly LeBrock trying to keep him alive. Um, and as they're doing this, uh, I think Carl Weathers is going to be killed. What? Yeah, we've got to we've got to lose him. Nobody kills Carl Weathers except Carl Weathers. Well, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and then it's uh, Seagal wakes up and finds out that Dr. Carl Weathers has been killed. By himself, though. Yeah. He can't, he can't and kill so he, himself. He swears revenge. Because it wasn't a suicide, it was really the corruption. Yes. Ah, thank God for that. Yeah. Well, no, oh. it actually was a suicide, but oh, Seagal thinks shit. it was corruption. <laughs> <laughs> so he's mistaken. He's mistaken, yeah. <laughs> wow. And then, yeah, the second half of the film is him getting, I think, like a Terminator-style um, shootout in the police headquarters, 
we need a main bad guy. Basically, it's it's going to be the um, the mafia who are still bribing the policemen, you know, from the first film. And then we need a main could, head. Could we have the same mafia guy? Because he was never in it again. So he's still, as far as we know, at large. Well, I think he would be in prison because of the, the footage at the end. And it's going to be his son who's taken over, who wants to get revenge. What's uh, Who's playing his son? The mafia's son? I think we should probably get Joe Pesci again in de-aging makeup. That's a lot of a lot of expense here. Yeah. In just not getting somebody younger. <laughs> Why would we not just get somebody younger than Joe Pesci? Because He's not going to do this. Really Joe, Joe Pesci and Steven Seagal. <laughs> Imagine that, though. It'd be awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be terrible. Right. Okay. No, somebody else. We can't have Joe Pesci. He's out of our league on this. Well, that wasn't that wasn't a, a binding. Okay, so well, good. Ray Liotta. It's only seven years later. This guy's no way has he got a son that old. Well, he was quite old. He was an old fat guy, wasn't he? The the, the crime boss from the yeah, first but he's, one. He's not going to be old enough to have Ray Liotta as his son. Yeah, we'll placeholder Ray Liotta in there, and then we'll have the. Uh, uh, we got enough money for his. Uh, Oh, catering. catering. No, no, not by a bloody long shot. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. No, you're right. We definitely can't have him then. No, cross that out. Cuba Gooding Jr.? <laughs> no? No, okay, no. Okay. All no, right. not this time. Okay. Well, we'll keep him in mind, though. I'll, I'll put him on the list. What about Max from uh, Killer Queen? From The Babysitter? Why not? Yeah, let's get That'll him do. in. We'll let's get, get him in. Let's get him. And then we, we need a policeman who's taking bribes under the counter. I was thinking um, Paul Giamatti. Okay. Yeah, he's in the police force, and he's the one sorting... What's, what's his job in the police force? Because he must be quite high up with his age, his seniority. Yeah, he's, um, I don't know. I don't the know. chief. <laughs> Why don't you just call him the chief? He's not the chief. That's too high up. Okay, the deputy chief. Yeah, he's the deputy. Deputy the... chief Paul Giamatti. Yes. Nice. We have to give him a, a different name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that was his real name, wasn't it? Steve Giamatti. Lieutenant Dick Peeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there we go and, and it's basically a lot of action set pieces a lot of Carl Weathers you know getting back in the action game strutting his stuff a bit more mm-hmm. his, obviously his house gets totaled yet again the horse gets out you know nice little callbacks to the original lots of Seagal looking out thinking of his time with O'Malley you know there's two scenes he's in with him have we got a, a catchphrase at all for the uh, for Giamatti like uh, take, it to, take it to the bank have we got anything like that for him do you think we need one? Oh, it'd just be another little nod to the original, wouldn't it? Yeah. Are you looking at my dick? <laughs> I'm not, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, just good. Think, I was just thinking of a catchphrase. I'll, I'll put it away then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the offer. <laughs> I've got it. Yeah. You fucked it. <laughs> what? What? You fucked the wrong dick. <laughs> Superb. Why? Why would the police? Why would the deputy chief <laughs> keep saying that? You know when they get like the rotors and he sees he's been put on weekends. I guess he's the deputy chief. He's not going to be put on a weekend. He's too high up. Well, he has been. <laughs> <laughs> so he says that. Well, every day. <laughs> yeah. 
You know when they go for the coffee run, and <laughs> they get his order He's wrong. The deputy chief <laughs> thinks somebody makes him coffee. Exactly, and they get his order wrong. I don't know. I, I think you've got the hierarchy of the police force wrong. <laughs> I think you're talking about just a normal detective here. Okay, then Not he's the deputy chief. All right, then he's Detective Dick Peeper, and uh, <laughs> and he says that a lot. And we need something like you can take it to the bank, but not that because it's too obvious. He can't say it as well. <laughs> the previous you can also take this to the bank. <laughs> oh no, it's complicated, isn't it? This. I mean, we laughed at the uh, take it to the bank, but it's difficult <laughs> to come up with a phrase like that. Yeah, Segal can say at the end, "Up yours, Peeper." <laughs> up yours, Dick. And Kelly LeBrock just turns up and raises an eyebrow. <laughs> there will be more of that, obviously, in the film when Seagal's comatose, but from Carl Weathers. <laughs> That's who she learned that from. Please wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy about his name. I mean, that would kind of suggest that he was related to Kelly LeBrock in the film, not in real life. Lieutenant Willie Peeper. Is that better? Yeah, okay, yeah, why not? No, <laughs> of course it's not. William Peeper. <laughs> yeah, well, all right, <laughs> fuck it, I don't care. I kind of like Peeper. Peeper? Yeah. No one's called Peeper. It's <laughs> 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 not a surname, is it? No one's called Peeper. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just thinking of the, <laughs> the fucking meeting with Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Right, Paul, we want you to play. <laughs> right, Paul, we want you to play Lieutenant Dick Peeper. you got a catchphrase. Yeah, what is it? You've fucked the wrong dick. <laughs> you in or out? Hey, are you in or out? That could be his catchphrase. The, the lieutenant can be like, um, so what's the news? Is Dick in or is Dick out? Dick's out, sir. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, God. <laughs> that can be actually at the uh, the meeting for Seagal when he's listening in. And one of them says, Dick's in or Dick's out. Dick's out, sir. And at that point, Seagal gets knocked over the banister. Quite right, too. So, yeah, Dick Peeper. So, well, that's it, then. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. That'll yeah. do, yeah. Let's, let's just call it there. That's. <laughs> I, I'm, I'd watch it. I was going to say, I'm in. But uh, Dick's out. <laughs> You're in, Dick's out. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> Dick's out, you're in. <laughs> and on that note, so that's uh, harder to kill. Yeah, I think we've gone to a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Seagal would be in this carry on style comedy <laughs> with his ex wife who he hates. <laughs> Paul Giamatti. <laughs> Paul Giamatti. The, yes, the. Uh, the Incredible actor. Max, <laughs> yeah. who's shirtless throughout as a mafioso boss. Yeah, yeah, he's still there, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, why not? Let's do it. Let's... Carl Weathers, of course. Carl Weathers is a Chinese doctor. <laughs> well, he's not Chinese. No. He? Sorry. no he's, he's got from, a very... He's been, been in China. He's been in China. He's got a nice house. And he looks at um, Seagal's penis. Find out how we get on next week. And... Uh... <laughs> From all of us here at the Bad Live Movie. Live from Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, let's end this fucking podcast. Yes, yes, please. Uh, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, join the group on there. Follow us in real life. Follow us. If you want to. 
<laughs> it's fine. We probably won't even notice. We are at Bad Movie Call on all of those platforms. Search Bad Movie Call on the on Facebook. You'll find the group, and we'll add you to it if you uh, invite yourself. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to invite you. <laughs> <laughs> just just do it. Yeah, I uh, can't I can't change the privacy uh, levels of the group on Facebook. That's why. Uh, follow us individually, as Ken said. Ken is are you at Ken Be Wild? Very probably, yes. Yeah, at Dom Lawton. Uh, so follow us individually if you prefer one and not the other. <laughs> I'd imagine uh, it would be me. <laughs> yes, me too. Uh, I follow you, not not myself. Uh, if you've got any questions, or if you've got a, if you think that you can do better than Dick Peeper. <laughs> I, I don't know how you're even going to think that. You'd entertain that thought. Yeah, but if you think you're man enough or woman enough to uh, <laughs> to come at us with a film pitch yourself, which we'll read out and dissect, then send it over to us, badmoviecourt at gmail.com. And please do check back on the website because we, we upload um, reviews of films, written reviews that we don't review on this podcast. Uh, all the new episodes of the podcast, they, they land there first. And also give us a, a, a five-star rating if you'd like or a review and a like on our, on Apple um, Podcast that helps uh, people uh, find the podcast who haven't seen it before, helps us keep the podcast running. Uh, subscribe on Spotify, wherever you get your uh, your podcasts. Uh, and I think that is it. Thank you, Ken, for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, and we'll catch you all next week. Dominic Lawton. Can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. On a lot more when I get in that office. You can take that to the bank. I'm gonna take you to the bank, son.